1: is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on v the Sports Betting Network. Coming to you from the Circus Sportsbook here in downtown Las Vegas, I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on v the Sports Betting Network. Always on Twitter, at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Hit us all up on the network at VSIN Live. So much stuff going on. We got the Vegas Summer League in action. Exciting Major League Baseball. Some possible trade news in the NBA. And Baker Mayfield introduced as a member of the Carolina Panthers. But let's start with one of the more miraculous things that we saw occur here on this Tuesday evening. And that was... The New York Yankees blowing a 3-0 lead in the top of the ninth inning to the Cincinnati Reds. Uh tweeted this out or retweeted. Uh, you guys can follow me at Scotts on Air. The Yankees before tonight were 48 and 0 entering the ninth inning with a lead. The Reds 0 and 49 when trailing entering the ninth inning with a lead. This is obviously referring to just this season, the Yankees 61 and 26. Now the Reds 33 and 54 on the season now. And you know, you're looking at what happened and it's really confusing because I joke around that I uh, quote, John Sterling, the longtime radio voice of the New York Yankees, who uh, has some great funny sayings, including one of them to his broadcast partner, Susan Waldman, where he says, you know, that's baseball, Susan. And what that means is anything can happen on any given day. You know, uh, he'll, use, he'll, he'll, he'll just use that saying when he's referring to something that's just not expected to happen. But it happens. He'll be talking about something in the broadcast, and he'll say, you know what, Uh, Aaron Judge has hit the ball over 100 miles per hour, exit velocity every at-bat, but he is 0 for 4, and Isaiah Kainofaleffer has uh, hit an exit velo of 12 miles per hour, dribblers, and he is 4 for 4. That's baseball, Susan. You know, I'm, that's not an exact quote I'm just saying that's the type of thing that he would explain like you know something that just fluky but the de- the, the explanation is that's baseball it happens and the Yankees 49 and O as I mentioned when leading going into the ninth the Reds 0 and 49 uh it's it's crazy they are now the uh they were just one of two teams this year now only remaining the Mets, the only team yet to lose a game this season when leading, entering the ninth inning. Here's what happened. Clay Holmes, who has been absolutely unhittable for the Yankees, comes into the game to pitch the ninth inning and earn the save. He's their new closer. He's been absolutely lights out. He walks Tommy Pham. Then... Joey Votto, singles. Then, Stevenson gets hit by a pitch. There's bases loaded. Tyler Naquin then reaches on an infield single, which scores a run. Then, Kyle Farmer gets hit by a pitch, which scores another run. So, then you take out uh, Clay Holmes. 3-2 game. Peralta comes in. He gets two ground outs. Still 3-2. And Jonathan India hits... A two run single to make it four to three. The Yankees went one, two, three in the bottom of the ninth inning against Diaz. And the Reds win four to three as a plus 255, plus 260 underdog. The Yankees coming into this game, consensus minus 320. And it's ironic that we talked about this last night as it relates to our baseball betting pentathlon here at Visin. Wondering if anybody would take the Cincinnati Reds, just a flyer, just a chance, because we had to make an underdog selection today. So would anybody take the Cincinnati Reds for a chance to get 2.55, 2.65 units if they were to miraculously win? And it turns out they did win. No no one here at VEASAN selected the Cincinnati Reds as their underdog selection. So, uh, that was one of the wild finishes here on a uh, Tuesday on the Major League Baseball schedule. Um, other kind of, you know, I don't want to call it strange or wacky, but other interesting results. Uh, Cardinals and Dodgers. Cardinals win 7-6. to six. Albert Pujols. This dude, who is going to be in the Home Run Derby this year, uh, homered in the bottom of the second inning. And it's fun to see, right? It's fun to see Albert Pujols, who had just five home runs on the season prior to that one. He now has six home runs on the year. He's batting 219. For a guy, a legend like that, a future Hall of Famer, it's cool to watch. I got to admit, I'm not a fan either side. It's just cool to watch Pujols still homer in a game and, and have a contribution to uh, to his team. How about the A's and the Rangers? Uh, Oakland scoring one run in the top of the eighth inning to take a 5-3 lead. Texas scores two in the bottom of the ninth. Corey Seager homered again. And I think that's five straight games now. And uh, Calhoun got an RBI single. They tie the game they go to extra innings where in the 10th inning both teams score one run, in the 11th inning somehow with the ghost runner nobody scores, and then in the 12th inning well the A's busted out eight runs in the 12th inning. Just uh just a ridiculous inning for them. And uh, the Rangers managed to get one across in the bottom of the 12th. So the Oakland A's win 14-7 to there over the Rangers. And uh, the Giants, a 13-0 win over the Diamondbacks. And I'm kicking myself. Sometimes I have FOMO of not placing a bet. And this one was just... I don't know why I didn't do it. I don't know why. It's just you had Dallas Keuchel on the hill for Arizona. And yes, I know that it was juicy, but to, to even there had to have been a bunch of ways that you could have bet San Francisco, whether it was on the run line, whether it was San Francisco team total, because the reality is Dallas Keuchel has lost it. This guy at one point was a very... Solid major league pitcher, and now in his second team this season after being let go by the White Sox, it's clear that his time as a starting pitcher in the major leagues is probably done. Dallas Keuchel allows eight runs on eight hits in two and a third innings. Here against the Giants this game was over before it even started and let's just take a look at Dallas Keuchel's game logs I mean just look at this entire season but we'll start with most recently so eight runs today three runs in you would consider a good start as last time out seven runs before that four runs six runs six runs a five-inning shutout performance against the Yankees. That's pretty good. Two runs before that, four runs before that, two runs before that, ten runs before that. It's just been, uh, there's no other way to say it. I mean, the guy's got an 8.53 ERA, and uh, I don't know how you can keep rolling this guy out every five days. I understand the idea of eating innings, but um, I just don't, just don't see it. Just don't see it. Um, uh, You know, this guy, uh just a liability right now. Taking a look at just, you know, where we are at Major League Baseball as we are headed closer and closer to the all-star break here at the end of the weekend. I wouldn't put it past some teams to rest some guys. You know, Aaron Judge wasn't in the lineup once again today for the Yankees as you know, Aaron Boone's giving him a couple of days off and just kind of using this week before the all-star break to spread out what you got, you know, with your players, give some guys a little bit of it, a, an extended blow. Maybe guys are getting a half day off by DHing. uh Other guys are nursing some injuries. And I think players at this point, I really do believe this. I think they're It's only natural to look ahead towards the break, to just think about your vacation. You got about a week off, especially if you're not going to the all-star game. You got time off. What are you going to do with this time off? Get away for a couple of days. The Major League Baseball season is a grind, and these players have been going through it now for several months, and they got to gear up for the most important stretch of the season when the all-star break is over. So I can see some of these players kind of checking out over the course of the next couple of days. And especially when we get to maybe Sunday, uh, I, I feel like Sunday is going to be like an underfest as guys just want to get the heck out of Dodge and already begin their vacations. I'm Scott Zadenberg. You hit me up on Twitter at Scott's Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. The biggest trade that could happen in the NBA offseason next probably not going to be Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving we'll talk about that coming up next I'm Scott Sadenberg this is the look ahead here on v this is the look ahead on v the sports betting network Ready for a fresh start, and we mean a real fresh start with lasting change. Take the Zin 10 Challenge and switch up the way you've been enjoying nicotine. Available in a variety of tastes and strengths, Zin Nicotine Pouches deliver smoke free and spit free nicotine satisfaction. Try Zin Nicotine Pouches for 10 days or your money back. Your fresh start is here. Take the Zin 10 Challenge today at zin.com 10. That's Z Y 10. And nicotine patches are only for adults 21 and over who currently use tobacco or nicotine. Warning this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Scott Satterberg back here with you. This is the look ahead on VCN, the sports betting network. And the big news coming from the NBA here on Tuesday had nothing to do with Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving. It had to do, and no, not Pat Connaughton's three-year, $28.5 million deal with the Bucs. No. It is the story that the Jazz have changed their tune and are now saying that they will listen to offers for Donovan Mitchell. Here was the tweet from Woj about seven hours or so ago. Quote, after previously shutting down inquiries on moving all-star guard Donovan Mitchell, rival teams say the Utah Jazz are showing a willingness to listen on possible trade scenarios. Jazz general manager Justin Zanuck told reporters in a recent interview, quote, change is inevitable in the NBA. Things evolve in the NBA, so I couldn't sit here and say anybody is untouchable. There is no intent there at all, meaning no intent to trade. Donovan Mitchell, and uh, that is the tweets coming from ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski. This seemed obvious to me, and I think it seemed obvious to a lot of people. You know, when the Jazz traded Rudy Gobert, now, why is that? Now, when they traded Rudy, Rudy Gobert, it, you you knew that this was going to be a a, a complete blow-up, Right. Like th- this is going to be a rebuild here, new head coach, you know, new roster, just start over, acquire assets, and 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 maybe what they got back for Gobert kind of changed things a bit because the package was just so overwhelming and maybe a little bit, a uh, little bit. Uh, I mean not what other teams would have really considered. I mean, it was a pretty good return for Rudy Gobert. It certainly affects the market for Kevin Durant, but maybe it affected the, the market for Donovan Mitchell as well. And I just think that this was really um, kind of inevitable that this is what was going to happen with the Utah Jazz, a complete blow-up. And now we had originally, I guess, maybe around the draft, When the Knicks were freeing up their cap space to acquire Jalen Brunson, there was a belief that it was it wasn't the only move that the Knicks were going to do. That they were freeing up space, they traded away draft picks. They, you know, they, they didn't make well, they made a selection, but they traded the selection. Uh, To the Pistons here. They trade Kemba Walker. They free up a bunch of space. And the idea was that it's got to be more than Jalen Brunson. And so there's been reports now that the Knicks are putting together a package that would entice the Jazz to trade them Donovan Mitchell. And, you know, uh, New York Post is reporting that um, R.J. Barrett would be a player that could go back to the Jazz, as well as, you know, a young player like Quentin Grimes, who is shining right now in the uh, Summer League. Obi Toppin, uh, one of the Knicks' uh, early draft picks in the past couple of seasons. Emmanuel Quickly, another young, talented player. So... It's going to be interesting to see if the Knicks are an attractive trade partner for the Utah Jazz if there's another team out there that is a better fit. Now, people are going to right away say the Brooklyn Nets, right? Kevin Durant, all that stuff. But see, I don't see that from a jazz perspective, not unless it was maybe a, a three-way deal because I can't see the jazz who want to blow this thing up, right? Trading away Gobert, acquiring assets, trading away Donovan Mitchell, and now bring in Kevin Durant. No, no, no. I, 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 that's not what this is for. What this is for is to... Um, you know, rebuild this franchise with young talent and with high draft picks. So the Knicks can send as much draft capital as pretty much anybody else. They have eight first round picks that they can trade. Four of them are their own first round picks. And they have, as I mentioned, the young players in Emmanuel Quickly, Obi Toppin, Quentin Grimes, that could be, uh, and of course, R.J. Barrett, the number three overall pick, uh, you know, most recently. So I don't think that it's difficult for me to see the Jazz not taking back R.J. Barrett. But the best-case scenario for the Knicks would be to not trade R.J. Barrett. It would be to pair up Donovan Mitchell with Jalen Brunson and R.J. Barrett. Because then you got Mitchell's 25, Brunson's 25, Barrett's 22. This is a um, that's a very good nucleus for the Knicks. So... I don't know if they would um, make that if the Jazz would make the move without getting back R.J. Barrett. A um, couple other teams that are interesting that are that are you know pretty interesting. How about the Miami Heat? Could the Miami Heat make a trade and send the Jazz a bunch of draft picks? including, um, I guess, some of the assets they have that belong to other teams. And you got, you know, Mitchell. I mean, see, this is where the NBA contracts get interesting because if Bam Adebayo and Donovan Mitchell are both on the rookie extensions, I think they can play on the same team because Miami is the team that drafted Bam Adebayo they didn't trade for Bam Adebayo. Like, Ben Simmons, who was traded to the Nets, like the Nets can't acquire Bam Adebayo because they have Ben Simmons. The Nets couldn't acquire Donovan Mitchell because they have Ben Simmons. Like, they would have to include um, Simmons, things like that. So, um, could I think a three-team deal actually works. I'd have to play around with this, but let's, let's just say you send Kevin Durant somewhere, whether it's Phoenix or somewhere else. And then Ben Simmons is a part of a deal somewhere, and your return is Donovan Mitchell. I mean, the Brooklyn Nets can start this whole thing over again by – Getting rid of Durant and Irving, and bringing back 25 year old star in Donovan Mitchell, then it's kind of like you're rebuilding without rebuilding. Because you can give it a go now. I think this market's fascinating. I really, I honestly, I think the market for Donovan Mitchell is more fascinating than the market for Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Because for Kyrie Irving, we know it's the Lakers or nowhere else. And for Kevin Durant, we know it's probably the Brooklyn Nets or no one else. Because I don't think that it's I don't think there's any team out there that can give a a legitimate enough package that is suitable for Kevin Durant. Ultimately, it's the Knicks, I think, as the front runners because Donovan Mitchell and his CAA connections, and we all know that the Knicks are essentially run by CAA. Uh I think this is the one that gets. Um, I think this is a move that gets done, and if the Knicks have a young nucleus here of Mitchell, Brunson, and RJ Barrett, that this is a this is a formidable team, a fun team, and maybe New York basketball you know can can make its return to prominence, if for lack of a better term. Let's get back into Major League Baseball, though. Coming up next, we're going to be joined by former Big Leaguer Cody Decker. Get his thoughts on uh, the Yankees blowing a lead, but also just on a variety of topics as we head closer and closer to the All-Star break in Los Angeles starting next week. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at scottsonair. This is The Look Ahead here on v the sports betting network. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The VCN Summer Special is here for only $19. You get everything VCN has to offer from now until the end of July. Sign up today and you'll get VCN's Daily Best Bets, including Adam Burke's Daily MLB best bets, NFL preseason coverage, premium articles on golf, UFC and NASCAR. If you want the full v experience, which features a daily Best Bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is only $19 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now at v slash summer. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It's The Look Ahead here on Vsin the sports betting network. We welcome in now former. Major League Baseball player, host of Big Time Baseball on Odyssey, and so much more down the line with Cody Decker on 670, the score as well. He is Cody Decker. Cody, I got to ask you was that you hitting bombs in your Twitter video from Dodger Stadium? B- buddy, daddy's still rakes. I don't know what you're sur- <laughs>
2: Why is everyone all of a sudden surprised? I'm still jacked to the gills. I can go and play. You want me in baseball now? I'll go put up 25 in the show today if anyone
1: wants to call me. I'm just, no one wants to call me. It is what it is. I, I was impressed. You know, uh, it, it, you still got the swing. You barreled up a couple of balls and uh, definitely found the seats. That's got to be a good feeling.
2: Oh, every time I swing and I hear, and, you know, I'm getting ready for the next pitch. Cause of what I'm doing right now is I've been at the stadium, you know, getting them ready for their radar system, ESPN, all their systems, getting uh, everything ready for the home run derby. Mm-hmm. So they needed a guy who can hit bombs. You call in the big dog. I show <laughs> up and I drop bombs. That's what I did for years. It's what I do now. It's just in my blood, but it's been a fun time doing it. You know, it's. Anytime you get to go to a stadium and you're not able to watch because I'm actually mimicking the two-minute rounds for the home run mm-hmm. derby, so you can't watch a single ball you hit. You just hit and you're like, mm, I think I got it, and you're taking your next swing and you just hear the seats go,
1: yeah. it's awesome. That's great. That's great. Well, speaking of the home run derby, speaking of hitting bombs, how cool is it to see Albert Pujols go yard in a game today? I, I, know he's, cool. I know he's got like five or six home runs on the season, but... Because it's you just don't see it a lot nowadays. To see an all-time great, you know, especially against the Dodgers, go yard. I, it was a. I thought it was a cool moment for Pujols today.
2: I thought so too. Yeah, you know, Albert's a legend, and I'm. I'm looking forward to seeing whatever they're planning for him at the All-Star game. And now he's been officially in the home run derby. I will admit, I would be more excited for an Albert Pujols home run derby uh, sighting maybe ten years ago, back before <laughs> they did the two-minute round, having done. Three two-minute rounds today,
1: I'm a little worried about Albert when he gets in that minute, too. Uh, would you bet on Pete Alonso to 3 Pete in <laughs> yes. this event? And yes. is it all because of Dave Jous, his pitcher? <laughs> It's not all because of him, because I got to
2: tell you, Pete Alonso is officially the Home Run Derby final boss. It should be, honestly, they should do a new structure, Scott, of the entire Home Run Derby. Pete Alonso shouldn't have to compete until the finals. (laughs) He should sit there like Shao Kahn in a throne behind home plate and just throw (laughs) insults at everyone that he thinks is pathetic and beneath him. And then he comes down and he beats you in the final round. That's what Home Run Derby should be. And the people deserve
1: it, Scott. I deserve it. I, we all deserve it. I won on Pete Alonso last year, and the reason why I bet him was because he had won it the year before, and I thought the experience in the event mattered. Knowing what it takes to go up there and not tire out after your first round, it was so important. That's why I didn't like Shohei Otani last year, because I don't think he's ever done an event like this before. Pete Alonzo's been through it, so I'm like, yeah, you know what? Pete Alonzo's going to win this thing event uh, again, and I'll probably be betting on him again next week at Dodger Stadium. So he's going to, you know, if he loses, he loses, but that's where my money's going to go on Pete Alonso.
2: Same, because at the end of the day, listen, the guy's just been doubling his salary the last couple of years by competing in one yes, home and, run and derby. Now he
1: got that arbitration, so he's making a little more money this year. I don't know if he cares about that million anymore. I, It's still a million dollars is still a
2: million dollars for one day of work of something he would do for free.
1: Yeah. Talk to me about Pete Alonzo a little bit more. He leads the uh, National League in RBIs right now. Uh, I know Goldschmidt's slash line is just out of this world, right? And when it comes to his war and just what he's been doing, but does Pete Alonzo have a legit case to overtake Goldie for the National League MVP? He does, and I actually think a few
2: players have a legit case, especially going forward. Goldschmidt can be a very streaky hitter. We've seen him have months where he's not this guy, but man, he has been having just such a great year, and he's an MVP caliber player, make no mistake. It's just a matter of, can he keep this streak alive? Where I'm looking at uh, across the board right now, and I'm seeing a lot of value in certain places, specifically Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts is going to win the MVP award. He really is going to win it. Mark my words, write it in your calendars that I said it right now. I've been saying it all year. Mookie Betts will win the MVP award. Right now, it's all about finding the best value for Mookie Betts and when to get on him. Basically, I've been waiting for him to hit a slump, but he doesn't do slumps
1: anymore. He already did that in April. So, Mookie Betts is going to win the MVP. He's at 12 to 1, I see, right now, Mookie, to win the National League most valuable player. Pete Alonso still 7 to 1, Machado 5 to 1, and Goldie plus one, basically even money to win it right now. In in the American League, everyone wants to talk about Shohei Ohtani, but as as much as I admire what he's doing, Cody, being an all-star as a pitcher and a hitter, darn impressive. We saw it last year. He put up the incredible numbers last year, rightfully the American League MVP last year. But to me, if you are not top five in the league as a hitter and you're not top five in the league as a pitcher, I can't make you the MVP. Not when, uh, you know, Aaron Judge has better numbers. Jordan Alvarez has better numbers. Jose Ramirez has better numbers. And then from pitching perspective, Verlander, McClanahan, all these guys have better numbers than Otani. I can't just fall in love with the novelty and give this guy the most valuable player.
2: I couldn't agree with you more. I, I, honestly, there's a lot of guys who have better numbers, but you can't diminish what Otani's doing because here's the thing that about Otani that we aren't really taking into account because I know we are talking about what he does on the mound as a pitcher and what he does as a hitter, but if if all these offensive players get to have their defensive metrics weighed in for their value. And when it comes to the MVP award, we can't ignore his pitching metrics as well. I mean, it's just what he does defensively and what he does is so unique. It's
1: almost like we have to create his own award, but it's once every, he only pitches once a week. Also, it's not like he's going out there every five days, he's going out there every seven days. So, but
2: he's also the only time
1: the angels win. (laughs) You know, you're right. It is the only time the angels win. Uh, I had an interesting conversation with one of our other um, you know uh, guys here at Vison Jason Weingarten, earlier this week because of his looming contract situation, do you envision a scenario where the angels trade Otani
2: yes. And I also envision a scenario where they trade Mike Trout. In fact, if I was their general manager, I would start looking to doing both. And it's finally time to move on from this whole thing, because quite frankly, we have wasted 10 years of the greatest player of all time, and we're now wasting ten a uh, couple of years of the most unique player of all time. And quite frankly... This experiment can't work in Anaheim. They have too many holes to fill and too much money allocated to basically three players. And it's not that they're not incredible players. Each one of them are. In fact, two of them are two of the very best in Major League Baseball. The fact of the matter is this team needs a lot more than Otani and Trout. And quite frankly, I need to see these guys in October. And we're never going to
1: if they remain in Anaheim. It would be unbelievable. I don't know what package you could even offer to bring in a guy like Otani, but he is would be the greatest trade acquisition that a team could ever get because you're incredible. getting incredible. Yeah, you're getting the hitter. You're getting the pitcher, and, and you know I, I I don't even know what team he would even sign with in free agency, let alone you know because remember he turned down the Yankees. Mm-hmm. He could he could have been a Yankee. He turned them down, uh, and I here's understand, the thing, yeah. He can go anywhere he wants Mm -hmm. because he is so unique. He
2: fills a hole for every team. There's not a single team that wouldn't kill to have him.
1: Yeah, and I was thinking just about teams that are popular in the Japanese market. You know, it's, it's the Yankees. It's the Mariners. It's the Dodgers. Now it's the Angels because of him. But before he goes to the Angels, like those were the three teams that were really arguably the most popular in Japan. And he did not choose to sign with
2: any of them. Yeah, he didn't. And I'm actually very much hoping he ends up as a Chicago Cub. Can you imagine what that would do to Wrigleyville, Scott? It would tri- <laughs> it would regenerate everything. It would make people actually like the Rickets. Can you imagine the Cubs fan liking them? It could happen.
1: Let me ask you a Cubs question. Um, under 63 wins, 62, 63 wins, they're at yeah, 34 I think they're and 53 end up the now. Worst.
2: I think they're going to end up with the worst record in the NL Central. It pains me to say this. Uh the Pirates are better and now it, I think the Reds are
1: better. But the Reds will probably be sellers at the deadline, you know, Castillo's going to get traded. You know, I, I I don't know if maybe Male or, or Joey Votto. I mean, I think they're going to be complete sellers at the deadline. You just have to look at maybe the Cubs schedule and see who they play in the second half, but yeah, I think this is a this is a bad baseball team. This is a bad It's baseball not great. Cody, hang. Not, but
2: they're, they're also going to be sellers. Wilson Contreras is as good as gone. Yeah, that's a good point as well.
1: Uh, hang with me, Cody. Let's get to some of these teams, your uh, projections for them as we get closer to the second half of the season, and we'll actually go through some games as well coming up. And uh, I want your thoughts on what what's going on with the players right now as we're just days away from the All-Star break? I don't want to say the term checked out, but I want to know if players are checked out. He's Cody Decker, I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is the look ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, BetRivers Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCasts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are CityCasts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, L.A., New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local Citycast wherever you get your podcasts. Scott Sadenberg back here on The Look Ahead here on v the Sports Betting Network, joined by former major leaguer Cody Decker, Uh, as we talk a little Major League Baseball action. And, Cody, let me get your thoughts on what's going on, or tell me from a player's perspective. We're just days away from the All-Star break. Uh, These players are finishing their final two series of the first half. Is there a point now where you are in this season that you're maybe looking ahead to your break? You're looking at your vacation already, and and I don't want to say that you're checked out, but that... It's, it's easy to kind of, like I said, look ahead towards your time off here in a couple of days. I think it depends
2: on the team that you're on and the player that you are. If you're an all-star that is on a competing team or a player on a competing team, you're probably not as checked out. Like If you're on the Rays right now or if you're on the Boston Red Sox right now, you kind of can't let off the gas pedal because every one of these games absolutely matters right now. Um, But if you're on the Colorado Rockies, yeah, I might be looking forward to a couple of days off in Mm. a few days. They don't really have a whole lot of trade pieces that they're going to be shipping out. And they're not competing in that division. So, yeah, I bet Charlie Blackman's kind of looking forward to Sunday.
1: So as we progress here through this week, would you then fade the losing teams more so than than some of the guys that are some of the teams that have a bunch of all stars that are getting ready for their trips to uh, L.A. for the weekend? Probably.
2: I I still would continue to fade teams along the lines of the Cubs, the Reds, the the usual suspects right now, because quite frankly, their teams aren't going to compete even with the backups that we're playing right now. But every single team with those All-Stars? They have to play them because they are in high-leverage games right now. They can't lose any ground. Think, think about the AL Easter at the moment. There is about four teams in there, including the Orioles at the moment, mm. that have a legitimate shot right now at the wild card. That extra wild card is actually going to create chaos in the next month and a half. Do you think where the the
1: way that the Orioles are playing right now, it turns them from sellers to buyers at the trade deadline? Yes, because, I think I mean, they're Trey Mancini was a guy that I thought was going to be on the move, but they've won nine straight games and they're in the playoff hunt right now. How could you trade Mancini? You can't. You absolutely cannot trade Mancini.
2: This team has a legitimate chance to win because they're not necessarily competing with their own division. They're competing with other divisions. They're competing yeah. with the AL Central. They're competing with the AL West they're competing with These the Mariners. Can, yeah. Yeah, the Mariners are a very good team that are finally coming together and turning it on, but that's who they're competing with. They aren't competing with the Rays. The Rays are getting into the playoffs. They're not competing with the Yankees. The Yankees are getting into the playoffs. The Red Sox, however... We'll see. There's a couple of teams here that I don't know what we're going to get. The Blue Jays right now I thought was a foregone conclusion they'd be a playoff team. Not looking like the case at the moment. So it's getting to be very interesting. And there are other teams that might be buyers as well. On the National League side, look at the Marlins. I know they're just falling under 500, but they're not out of reach
1: either. So, what's your assessment of the Red Sox? Chris Sale just made his return and he looked great. I, I, I bet against him. I, I thought that he wasn't, after destroying the clubhouse in Worcester at his last uh, rehab start, I, I said, all right, I'm going to fade this guy in his first start back. But he was as good as uh, we remember him. So, what do you think of the Red Sox and their chances to make the postseason? I think they have a good chance. They could use
2: another arm or two, uh, especially on the bullpen side. But this team offensively seems pretty good to go, provided they stay healthy. Seeing Trevor Story come out of the game today was not good news.
1: Hopefully his hand ends up being okay because the Red Sox need him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You mentioned the Rays. Let's talk about Shane McClanahan, who is the favorite to win the American League Cy Young Award. He scheduled to pitch here on Wednesday against the Red Sox, and then he's going to throw in the All-Star game. And after the All-Star game, the Rays have three games against the Royals, and then they start a series against Baltimore. If you're Kevin Cash, do you line up your rotation after the All-Star break to have McClanahan go against Baltimore rather than go against Kansas City, even if it means it'll be about 12, maybe 13 days between starts? You know, when you first
2: said this to me, I thought, yeah, this makes a little sense. And I started breaking it down, but I couldn't get over the fact that you said 12 days between starts for a guy that currently has the shortest odds to win the Cy Young. The last thing I want to do with this guy is break up anything with his current pitching cycle. On top of that, can you imagine right now the Tampa Bay Rays in the spot that they're in, which is a very vulnerable spot with the injuries they currently have? blowing one to possibly two games to a Kansas city Royals team that they should go ahead and sweep quite handedly. I am think they're going to throw McClanahan is at the quick moment they can, as they should, because keep in mind,
1: they also lost Springs to the IL. Mm, yeah. You know, yeah, I guess if you pitch them just in the first game back from the all-star break, you keep them on a- as close to a regular schedule as possible using the all-star game as a throw day, right? Like a side session day. And You just pick up a win, (laughs) whether it's against the Royals or against the Orioles, right? All wins equal the same, right? A win is a win, and you got to get them when you have a chance, and they'll have a chance with him on the mound. Yeah, and I, you know, it sounds great in
2: theory, but as things go forward, the last thing I want to do is really change all that much, and you know, I. McClanahan is just an unbelievable pitcher, and the Rays have other great arms as well. But
1: it's more about just making sure my workhorse is as comfortable as possible. Uh, we saw a great pitching performance here on Tuesday from Dylan Cease, who, uh, you know, I bet on the the White Sox in the first five innings today because Dylan Cease has been on such a tear, especially in the first five innings of ball games. Coming into tonight, Cody, he had gone his last eight starts, which is forty first five innings, uh, allowing only three total runs. And, of course, he doesn't allow a run today. So that's three runs in his last 45 first five innings. The White Sox, I don't know what to make of them. You uh, obviously are closer to it, you know, with your show that you do in Chicago. Can this team make a second-half run and get into the postseason? Yes, they
2: can, but I don't know if they will. I mean, it's almost like this team is choosing to be this wishy-washy. It's one <laughs> game earlier today. They get absolutely obliterated and shut down by the Guardians. And why would Tony pull right La Russa back by in, doing the exact same would,
1: thing? Why would La Russa intentionally walk Jose Ramirez after throwing a first pitch that wound up being a foul ball for a strike? I don't know <laughs> if La Russa knows where he is anymore. I. <laughs> what the hell was that
2: again? I've seen this happen like... Once in my career, not twice in a month from the same guy. And the worst part is, it's almost like every single announcer is that comes into town is just mocking every yeah. movie. Even post-game, post-game, uh, an analyst, which is a former White Sox manager in Ozzy Guillen, went off on him. Like He, he even referred to him as Ricky, Re- Ricky Renteria with credentials. <laughs> I mean, it's just... It's chaos on the south side, and I don't know if this bleeding's ever going to stop.
1: It's a shame. Uh, a team that had so much expectation coming into the season that yeah. has been underperforming at such a, uh, a level here. You got Lucas Giolito going for them on Wednesday against Savali. Uh, the White Sox, a small favorite, minus 115. Would you back Giolito in this spot?
2: I would, but I do have concerns about him post-fifth inning. He's having a lot of trouble for the last month and a half, basically since coming off the IL from the sixth inning on. He goes through a really good five innings, and whatever reason, he's like hitting a wall in the sixth. Last outing, he got all the way to the sixth, was having a good sixth inning, goes in the seventh and gives up more runs. It just seems like no one knows what to do with Lucas Giolito at the moment on when to pull him, and it seems as though you should just let him get to five and then have kind of a quick trigger finger and pulling the trigger and pulling him out a little early. That's not a problem. He just needs to g- build back up after he got that IL did. I mean, I believe in this guy. I believe in
1: this team. I just want them to put it together. They're so frustrating. Uh, one final game. Let me ask you about Zach Wheeler on the mound against Ross Stripling Phillies in Toronto. No JT Real Muto for the vaccination purposes. No Alec Bohm for the same reason. Although he had the finger issue as well. So Philly rolling out a little bit of a backup lineup already without uh Bryce Harper. Do you like Philly's chances with Wheeler on the hill in Toronto?
2: I wanna say yes because of Wheeler. And at the end of the day, that's what I'm gonna go with. And right now, you got to take advantage of a floundering Blue Jays team. Cause once that team starts to turn it on again, you know, they're gonna be streaky and they won't turn it off for like a month. So you gotta ride this
1: wave while we can. Cody, uh, good luck. Hit some more bombs. That was fun to watch. I hope you get to do it again. Uh, if you Sunday. want, if you want to toss some uh, underhand pitches to me and 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 those, you know, they're softballs. I'll hit them just as far. But uh, base, sounds good to me. But remember, I'm not cheap. Baseball, you'll just throw them right by me. So uh, oh. I, I lost that skill many, many years ago. <laughs> oh, anytime, brother. Thanks, Scott, for having me, man. Appreciate you, Cody. There he is, Cody check, Cody Decker. Check him out, former major leaguer, uh, at Decker6 on Twitter. He hosts uh, Down the Line with Cody Decker, Odyssey Sports. You check him out uh, all across the network. They're doing great stuff uh, sports betting-wise as well. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at scottsonair, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead right here on v the sports betting network.